Come and dream with me. Welcome to Body Water Watch, the Explosion Network's premium media podcast. Every fortnight we get together to talk about movies, TV, and online qu- and online content and help you answer the question, why is this out on a Wednesday? We'll let you know in a second. I'm your host, Ashley Hobley. Join me today, Dylan Blight. <laughs> I thought you were about to say quack, quack, quantent, or like quacknet. Oh no, it's not going to laugh for some reason. Anyway. Hi. <laughs> <laughs> hey. uh, yes, we've got a big show. We've got, uh, we're talking about what's in our watch history, covering some news giving you this week's top three uh, of course giving some thumbs to the trailers but of course let's hit some housekeeping right here at the top if you're a listener of regular listener you would notice that this is out later uh the show is now moved to wednesdays 6 p.m australian eastern daylight time or standard time when daylight savings the scourge of the earth uh comes to an end uh but also this format of the show will be now weekly instead of fortnightly. So I'll need to change my intro slightly. <laughs> and um, yeah, that's the thing going forward. No more off-week spoiler casts. Uh, Dylan hated them, so they've been removed. <laughs> <laughs> Just, yeah, we will still do, you know, spoiler casts when, you know, they're appropriate, uh, necessary, and of course for any new content, so... That's, uh, now you know. <laughs> uh, yeah, let's just jump straight into it. Of course, a uh, few things we've got content for elsewhere on the website. Uh, we've both watched Knock at the Cabin, the latest M. Night Shyamalan film starring Dave Batista, Jonathan Groff, and Ben Aldridge, uh, in which four seemingly strangers uh, go visit uh, a family who are holidaying in a remote cabin invade the home, hold them hostage, and tell them they must make the decision to kill one of their family, otherwise doom the planet to uh, the apocalypse. Uh, I got a review up on the website. It gave a 6.5. Knock at the Cabin is a classic case of a film that's fun, enjoyable in the moment, but on reflection, you pick apart and come to see a lot of flaws. It was certainly fun to be had and some great performances to watch, but the film is not going to be memorable like Shyamalan's best films or his worst. Uh, Dylan, what did you think? of knock of the cabin yeah i um i enjoyed it for the the like i enjoyed it when i was in the moment but yeah it's totally uh once you you sort of step out of the cinema and you you begin pulling apart at it it's just it really feels like it pulls its punches with any and all interesting thematic ideas that it um, plays with and there's a bunch that it it like will touch and then go and never come back to that again or like oh, i'm not going deeper on that but like it's just yeah it's it almost feels like um m night's just like a little bit scared i don't know like it's just it's it's an it's an odd movie like it's a it's i'm waiting the entire movie for the crescendo for the the deep metaphorical like essay i don't know something and it's just it doesn't happen like it just just sort of it's a movie it's, it fizzles yeah. out yeah it's not super satisfying the conclusion no it's like oh no. okay yeah those events definitely <laughs> yeah definitely some strong performances dave Batista's is obviously the standout in it um again proving he has like a much wider range um, act, acting range than he would than most people give him credit for but everyone in it's like really really good as well and the uh, the cinematography and everything's good making use of the the one set the one mostly one locale setting so 
Um, but yeah, it's just it was just it was it was a disappointing film. I, I would say. Yeah, like you said, you know, it it did. It's fun for like the first two acts, and then you know the ending kind of just it fizzles out. It doesn't it doesn't pay off all the setup that it's been doing all film. Uh, mm. And then you pick apart all the different little things that you know. Why did this person do this? Why couldn't they have done this? Um, just change the channel. Uh, <laughs> you know, start, yeah. But yeah, I- I've seen people really enjoy it. I've seen people like us very upset about it. So yeah, knock of the cabin in cinemas now. Uh, Dylan, you've got a review up for Skinnamarink, this new horror film that I've seen people absolutely raving about. Um, yeah, so you'll either love Skinnamarink or loathe it, I feel like, is where this film falls. It's um, completely experimental. So the setup is it's the story, the bear story that's here, is it's two kids wake up in the middle of the night and they their parents are missing from the house and odd things start happening, like windows just start disappearing and fucking the toilet disappears at one stage and things start sticking to roofs. It's all like... It, it sounds like just a very run-of-the-mill horror movie plot and you could probably you could you could turn this story into a just a run-of-the-mill horror story um but it's the way it's shot and the way it's all produced that's getting people to either say this thing's like the best thing in horror since sliced jason Moss. i don't know um or saying it's boring as all fuck so both are completely right because <laughs> if that's how you feel that's how you feel um it is shot interestingly um but Again, subject. It's a, a subjective opinion. Um, it'll quite often, like if you, I think the way I put it in my review is, if you lay in bed at night and turn the lights off, <laughs> stare at your roof. It's probably what you're going to be looking at for the majority of this film. Like there are just shots of pure darkness, or a little bit of light in the corner. They, um, the kids, you never see their faces. There's like a, a, there's a, there's a choice to basically always have them blurred out. You never really see their faces. Like you'll, you'll see them off in the distance. Um. Oh, they, when they go downstairs and I'll start watching TV, you'll just have like a several minute sequence and a shot of it. Like you're just watching this 50s royalty free cartoon play on the, the TV. And then like the kids are in the background talking. Even when there is dialogue, it's either muffled um, and you can't understand or it's muffled and he, the director's chosen to put subtitles on screen to make sure you don't miss important pieces of dialogue. So then it's a thing of why something's subtitled and something's not. And that's a, it's it's a choice because you know that some are and some aren't, and that's a, that's being done on purpose. Um, but it, I mean, it's a slow. The, my problem with this movie is that it's just too long for what it for what it is. It's like an hour forty. It, if this was thing was like eighty minutes, I feel if if you want it like this would be a perfect short. Yes, if you want to make it a feature length, I feel like you still have to like it's the bare minute, minimum feature length because my biggest problem is it's just way too drawn out. It's, it's, you could easily get the same effect um, in a much shorter movie. Um, but like when you, when like one of the kids goes upstairs and there's a, there's a part where like you just hear this voice, the sound design, again, some people saying it's terrible. I actually think the sound design is good. Like that's the part that works for the movie. Um, and just like the kid goes upstairs and you just hear in the background, you still hear the, the TV playing and the one kid's just like walking around the room, looking, seeing what's happening up there. And you just hear a voice off in the, off in the side go like, check under the bed. You're like, Oh, that's creepy. But like, you know, so I, I I've seen people say this scared the living fuck out of them, of a board out of their mind. It's interesting. It's just, it's definitely being an interesting one to 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 read about, and I'm sure people will still be talking about when they're talking about um 
like horror movies of the 2023 or, or whatever over the last year so yeah it's an interesting movie all right so you also wrote a review for another horror movie called attachment yeah so attachment i really liked this is a uh trying to dodge as many spoilers as i can much like in my review but it's a it's a play on a uh, not like a it's a play on a horror genre that you've seen done a lot and there'll be a certain stage in the movie when you sort of think you sort of clicking onto what it is but um it also has like this key romance in it so you've got these two characters one played by um uh, josephine park and the one by ellie kendrick this uh one of them is this danish um washed up sort of danish actress and she's a, the movie starts with her she's in like an elf costume in the library and another character bumps into her she's this english student abroad like studying or whatever and like it just has the most like stereotypical ro- romance start at the, the, the start of the movie where they bump into each other and of course they 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 get a couple of, couple of drinks and it goes from there time skips ahead they start spending more time together there's this one sequence where they literally show under the table their feet just start getting closer and closer um over their their dates you know it's all very cute um but then um ellie's character has this um she has like a full on seizure so then after that she wants to go back home to england to be with her mum um and so they both decide to go but when they get back to there her mum is like a full sort of orthodox like jewish woman who you know believes in a lot of sort of superstitions and all these sorts of things and she's very odd um so i guess that's where the movie starts to take some more interesting turns um i loved it's it's the movie completely relies on the tension being built out of character moments and not there's like no jump scares in this at all um it doesn't go for any of the cheap scares the the characters are really well written the romance feels more fleshed out than you'll get in most horror movies or anything in the genre so yeah i i think this is a really great movie and definitely going to be one of shutter's like hits to, to kick off the the year with so i would recommend watching this one over skin and rink which flip a coin on that one <laughs> All right. Uh, moving on, some stuff we haven't talked about elsewhere. Pokerface, new series on Stan, created by Ryan Johnson, uh, the man behind the Knives Out series. Uh, this follows a woman played by Natasha Leone, who has uh, called Charlie Kale, who has the ability to tell if people are lying. She just has an innate ability to tell when people are lying to her. She doesn't know if it's a big lie, a legal or a little lie. Uh, but she can tell. She's working in a casino, uh, and her friend is murdered, and she kind of uh, finds herself in a situation where she's kind of trying to figure out what happened to her friend. Uh, It's a case of the week show, uh, so each uh, week she's in a new location, different murderers, different things happening. It's definitely a formulaic element to the show, where it starts off with you seeing how the murder plays out exactly so it's not like uh knives out where there's a mystery about what how the murder took place and who was behind it you know how it took place it's the the fun of the show is charlie trying to figure out how charlie putting the pieces together of uh how the murder took place and um you know the relationships and catching people in their lives and uh doling out her sense of justice at least um yeah, I'm really enjoying it. There's got a great car. There's a ridiculous number of cool guest stars on the show. Uh, like in the first episode, is Adrian Brody, Benjamin Barrett, and uh, Ron Perlman. 
Rump Herman slightly, <laughs> I guess. <laughs> uh, yeah, there's a whole crazy list of people who were involved in the show. Very fun. Um, yeah, she's just a really interesting character played by Natasha Leone. She's got like weird eccentricities. Like sometimes she just can't think of a word <laughs> and struggles to come up with the what it, the word she's looking for and that kind of stuff. And uh, yeah, a lot of the mysteries are really fun and like enjoyable to see play out. Um, you know, whether it's trying to figure out how this person has been this uh her friend at the casino has been murdered and why uh, through to uh, there's an episode where she happens to come across a uh, like a barbecue joint uh, and she she becomes friends with the, the main chef uh, and he suddenly decides he wants to become vegan so his family murders him to stop him from shutting down the restaurant <laughs> uh, yeah it's just a really fun show uh, I've been really how enjoying many, it how many episodes is this in because it's five episodes today, so. so far You've only watched the one. I've only watched the the, the first one. Yeah, I'm disappointed in you. Uh, But (laughs) yeah, what did you think of the first? Sorry, at least the first episode. Um, the yeah, first episode was fantastic. I without spoiling everything, you know, for people want to check it out. It's very, it's got that Ryan Johnson um feel about it. Without like, it doesn't feel like Knives Out or anything. It definitely feels more in line with Brick, I guess. But somewhere. Somewhere between Knives Out and Brick, I guess, is is where this would lie. Um, but yeah, just Natasha Leone is Natasha Leone, and she's fantastic. So yeah, if you enjoy her, just just talking. <laughs> that's like I, I feel like you're a Russian doll. <laughs> if you're afraid of Russian doll, then I feel like you'd, you'd like this show because yeah, she's she's a character in herself. So, um, but all the dialogues a lot of, a lot of fun. Um, I enjoy the setup. I enjoyed Adrian Brody in the first episode and everything. I, I really like the way the the first mystery plays out. But yeah, the the thing, even though I know it's uh, mystery of the week after this, I appreciate that the first episode isn't really mystery of the week. It's um it just sets up the the overarching story because there is one. Um, and the, the events of the first, uh, just to clarify, I guess for people who haven't watched it, the, the events of the first episode is what leads to her having to travel. Um, she's yeah. sort of on the run. She's on the run after the events of the first episode to, to, to some extent. Um, and then the, every episode's her stopping somewhere and that, and then discovering a mystery. But there's a reason she's traveling around and, and whatever else. And there is an overarching story yeah. to, to what's happening here. She's also like very unlucky because everybody she comes across either dies or is dies. Yeah. accused of murder. So. I'm definitely going to catch up though obviously it's just it's not for a lack of wanting to just yeah I was originally going to like I thought it was going to be week by week so I had it like in the, the my notes like alright review the first episode this week and then like maybe I do a full season review when it's done is how it had in my head and then it dropped like the first four episodes I'm like I'm out <laughs> <laughs> I, I can't I don't have time like I can't do four episodes I'm out right, I'll catch up later yeah okay uh, speaking of stand things you watched uh, the new original film Transfusion Starring Sam Worthington. Yeah, so this um, this is... Fuck, hold on, let me look it up, because I need to find the director's name. And he also co-stars. Because um, I thought it was... Uh, what is his name? Uh, Matt Nabel. So Matt Nabel, most people would know, or at least I know from playing Razakul in Arrow. <laughs> that's all I've is got. Is that to, or he's I the s- voice of the NRL <laughs> on the Fox? Is he? Okay, so that's yep. not what I'd know him for. I know, he, I know that, like... 
I know he did something in NRL, but every time I see Matt Naval, I just it's Razogul. Um, so he's like he co-stars in this, and he's the writer director. The plot is about, and I think this is probably the best thing Sam Worthington's done in years. I put that there, even though I don't know if he's done anything. He's been filming Avatar movies for ten years. I don't know what the fuck. So what you're what saying is he's doing? better in this than he is in Avatar: The Way of Water, the biggest movie of, all, uh, of the last decade. Yeah, maybe. I mean, so it's a more varied. It's got more, <laughs> a little bit more to do here. I he's would not say, blue, so. so I mean, he's, he's not blue. That's the start. Yeah, okay. I was like, "Fuck, that's what you look like." I, forgot, I totally forgot. Um, he, but say so Sam Worthington and Matt Noble sort of were in the army or special forces or whatever you want to call them together. Um, and the movie starts, so it does a whole bunch of time jumping around, and I, it smartly uses. Sam Worthington's hair as a tell as to when the the time place is. Although it's not really that confusing, but it's like if you've got long hair, it's here; short hair, it's here. Sort of whatever else you're going on there. But um, he at the start of the movie, you see that he has this like close relationship with Matt Noble's character. Um, but then what happens is when he comes back, uh, there's a period where his wife um, is in the car with his son when he's about I don't know his son's maybe like five at the point. Never car crash and he's wife dies so then in the following years he's you've now got this sort of struggle where his son's getting into trouble at school um he was just and you know he was they make sure to show you that he was just nice like he was going to be like a super successful kid but now like the traumas obviously fucked him up to 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 a degree and um even sam worthington's character is now struggling with the being a solo dad and he's he's struggling to find successful work outside of um being in special forces and then matt nable's character comes back into his life and he needs money at this point and he offers him uh, a job that is definitely not on the the legal side of things and he chooses to to go forward with that and that's sort of where the movie starts to take some uh interesting turns and stuff i guess but i enjoyed it i feel like there's an element of it um maybe just falling a bit too close to like it could feel like it's empowering sort of machoistic ideals and stuff but i actually don't i feel like it's the complete opposite of that i just feel like it plays certain characters ways just because that's how they are so that's the way they're sort of written and portrayed but i i definitely feel like it's it's not going in that direction but yeah i feel, I feel like the performances of everyone this is really good it shot well and everything but um it's not super memorable to the point that you'll be thinking about it for the rest of the year but i i would suggest watching it especially if you want to like if you like watching australian films so you know here's one so i like supporting and making sure like i appreciate the stand always has things coming out australian australian created stuff so uh but yeah and sam Worthington's not blue in this that's good to know <laughs> uh, so I've been watching the new Apple TV Plus series Shrinking uh, Starring Jason Siegel, Harrison Ford uh, Jessica Williams uh, In which Jason Siegel plays a uh, Therapist Whose wife has died and is still in the Very much in the grieving process uh, You know like Trying to fill the void with drugs and Women and that kind of stuff you never doesn't see any of like that. Be, it doesn't sound like he should be a therapist, but no, he's coming on the other end. You know, he's come. He's finally passed, kind of past that period. It's never like too seedy or anything. Uh, you know, she's just hanging out with people in his right. pool. That's how it opens. Um, but during this year, he's been neglecting his daughter and like kind of you know now he's trying to put his life back together, rebuild his relationship with his daughter, and you know uh, the way he's doing that. And also find, you know, fulfillment in his job. Uh, and the way he's doing that is by just telling his his 
not sugarcoating anything for his patients, just straight up telling them what they they, they need to know. Uh, whether it's your husband's a piece of shit, you should leave him, <laughs> or you've got rage issues. How about we go, uh, you know, do some fighting, like <laughs> MMA stuff, you know, to get some of your rage out and that kind of stuff. I'm really enjoying it. Obviously, it's uh, created by Jason Siegel, Brett Goldstein, and Bill Lawrence. So it's got uh, those the vibes of everything that those guys have all worked on. Um, Jason Siegel's fantastic. Harrison Ford is really funny. <laughs> like, uh, is like a curmudgeon-y kind of like older dude, but oh, he's playing Harrison Ford. No, but you know he's got a <laughs> he's, you know he, he's playing like the. The one character that comes to mind, because obviously it's Bill Lawrence and it's, uh, he did Scrubs, it's kind of like a Dr. Cox kind of relationship. Uh, he's not Superman like Dr. Cox, but he's got that heart of gold underneath and like wants to help people and stuff. Um, his character is currently dealing with the early stages of Parkinson's and that kind of stuff. So um, there's that element as well. Just a fantastic cast across the board and just a lot of funny jokes and moments and uh yeah it's got the the positivity that apple tv has kind of got going for it um yeah i wouldn't be surprised if this i don't i yeah hopefully there's a, a big amount of word of mouth around the show because you know it deserves it fuck uh, ted lasso you know i wouldn't say that but you know okay I, I, it's I clearly that brett goldstein and bill lawrence are setting up their next job if ted lasso is going yeah. to come to an end well uh, the rumors is last season anyway i'm not yeah. i know they haven't confirmed but the rumors yeah um but yeah i'm really enjoying it i put you know a clip of of a moment from the show that made me laugh more than it probably anything in the last couple of weeks as just a dude telling someone to eat a dick uh but yeah the shrinking you should check it out it's pretty great three episodes out so far so uh, and of course, it releases every was Friday. That just a, was that just a premiere? Or was it a two-episode premiere and it's like week two? Two-episode premiere this week two. Yeah, because yeah. they usually drop like, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I also watched the documentary series on Apple TV Plus, uh, Super League, The War for Football. Now, I don't know if you saw this story. It was, it was last year of a bunch of the big teams across Europe uh, setting up to like do their own... Uh, their own super league like separatist no. league uh yeah so it kind of goes into how the events played out it, it only like lasted like in the public at least like a couple of days uh but obviously behind the scenes it's been something that's been in the works for a long time and uh the series kind of delves into why they would make this move uh setting up all the different parties who would be interested in like uh like de- then delving into like the fan reaction and that kind of stuff and to the extent where the british government was kind of trying to shut it down as well um and also like i, I feel like it does a fair job of like go- delving into why the people who want are pushing who are still pushing for the super league uh would want that and why it would could potentially be successful for everybody um but yeah, if you're a football fan, I think it's definitely worth a watch um, just to get a fuller understanding of not only how the Champions League and European football works, uh, but why, how the events that played out last year like kind of happened, uh, a more detailed look at it. So yeah, I really enjoyed watching that. Uh, really interesting. Lots of interesting characters. Like it's great. Like the top, the, <laughs> the head of UEFA and the, uh, the, 
top person on the Super League side were like best friends to the extent where the UEFA boss was the godfather of the, the other guy's daughter. And now they just don't talk anymore because of what happened here. Massive betrayal. It's crazy. Uh, Dylan, you checked out the film Carnifex. Yeah, this is the Drop Bear one. Um, <laughs> uh, Australian film where they go this out is, into the middle of... What? This is the film that, uh, you know, there was a big controversy. Like kind of there was controversy was- about it potentially ripping off a book, um, but then people... I've never read the book, but then I've seen other people who have wrote online and have been like, I've read the book and like this starts out the same, but then there's nothing like it after that like initial premise of people going to forest. So yeah, but that, that was an initial controversy. So the, the setup is documentary filmmaker wants to go into, uh, wants to be taken into the bush. They, they're trying to make a documentary about Australian wildlife, like following the, the fires, like, and how they're like, how they're um, like what, what people do to help, get them move them or how they survive you know like just the general like following the major bushfires around australia and stuff so um but once they get out there of course there is a it's a drop there i mean it's, it's they call it carnifex but it's a it's a fucking there is literally i can't help but spoil one scene there is literally a moment where a dude is looking for this creature and of course for the majority of the film you don't really see what it looks like they do the whole you know don't reveal it until the last act of the movie sort of thing but there's a scene where a dude's like holding a gun and he's looking for it and i found this movie a lot funnier than if it's probably supposed to be to be completely honest but he's holding the gun he's like looking he's like eh, what's going on he's looking for his dog or whatever and then he just like looks up as like his blood like trickles onto his face and he like looks up and he hears a scream and a fun because the thing dropped bears onto him <laughs> <laughs> fucking dead um I know. I enjoyed it. I thought it was fun. I don't actually know if it's <laughs> a particularly good movie, but um, the key, the lead dude that's in it, um, one of the lead dudes, um, was also in the the most recent season of um, um, Bump. So I like for that reason, I was I was like, I don't know why I'm saying this dude a lot, but his performances in both this and um, what's his name, Harry Greenwood. So he's uh, I would say he's gonna. I reckon he's gonna go for because I remember him being in Nightingale as well, which is like. Uh, like, I don't know. I, I reckon I will see this dude around. I, I'm, I'm being, that's my shout out at the moment. I'm, this dude's performances between two movies, different genres, this and Bump playing like he's the, he's like a love interest in, in Bump. Um, so, or Ollie's like new love interest in season two. So, um, but yeah, I, I enjoyed it. I thought it was dumb fun. I, I found the, <laughs> I found a lot of it completely ridiculous, but I was having a good time. Um, is it a good horror movie? Not really. Is it fun? Yeah. <laughs> that's that's where I fall. All right, let's move into the mandatory Netflix segment of the show. Uh, I've been watching the series Lockwood and Co. So this is a new uh, series based on a series of books, uh, but it's brought to television by Joe Cornish. Uh, it follows uh, a bunch of young. So it's set in a w- alternate like world where uh, this problem happens. Uh, which set off, uh, which brought ghosts and stuff into the, like, prominence, I guess. So if anybody dies, they become, like, a a ghost. Uh, but only uh, young people can see them and have talents to be able to hear them out or see, like, stuff like that. Uh, so this whole world 
uh, around has been built up about uh, combating these uh, ghosts. Uh, there's a bunch of agencies that have popped up to like clear houses of ghosts and of dead tenants and that kind of stuff. Um, uh, there's this young woman play called uh, Lucy uh, who goes to New York after a traumatic experience in her hometown, joins up with uh, Lock- Anthony Lockwood who is running his own independent firm uh, who don't have any adult supervision or anything, um, completely independent. Uh, and they set about, you know, clearing houses, trying to keep their company alive. Uh, and of course, there's a larger mystery kind of playing out. It's enjoyable. You know, it's dumb fun. I think the young actors are quite good with what they're asked to do. The special effects are not like super impressive, but um, they're pretty solid. Uh, it, it's pretty clear that it's adapting two different books like two books in a series just because of the way the mystery kind of is laid out like for it one storyline goes over the first four episodes another storyline goes over the next four episodes uh but yeah i mean it's an interesting idea an interesting world and uh seems to be doing reasonably solid numbers on netflix if it gets the sex season i'd be keen to check it out because it ends on kind of a cliffhanger or like a big reveal uh which i'm sure i could find out in the books if i really wanted to but yeah i enjoyed it I think it's a, uh, yeah, solid fun. I have this on my watch list because I really enjoy Joe Cornish's stuff usually, and all his stuff's YA, British, yeah, I've, apocalypse. I haven't <laughs> really watched any of his stuff, but I get the same tone as like uh the what was the King Arthur thing that he did recently? The kid that would be king, king or something like something that. Like I guess similar vibes which, to that. And like that's uh, a lot of fun. That movie. Or like a ghosty version of Attack the Block. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, I enjoy both. Yeah, so that movie and Attack the Block, obviously, the the, the ones I'd say, like, these two major things, the, the King Arthur thing and yeah. that, so. All right. Uh, and Dylan, you've been watching Kunk on Earth. Yeah, I finished it, um, I think. Yeah, I finished it. Um, the This is a lot of fun. This is fucking hilarious. This is very, if, you, if you're talking about, like, things that... The uh, making you laugh. This is the thing that's been making me laugh this week. So apparently, this is the second season. I never heard of it. The first season was just on BBC or whatever. Um, yep. It was just like Cancon Life it was or something. Apparently, about anyway. Britain. Britain. Okay, Cancon Britain. Now it's Cancon thing. Um, the title is obviously purposely done, uh, dumb. And if you see it on Netflix, you scroll past, you go, "Well, they what do you call me, Netflix?" Um, it's so I can't remember the, the 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 woman's name, but like it's a she's playing a character similar to you know Sasha. Cohen Baron playing Ali G or Borat or whatever. Um, And it's similar to that in that it's odd because this is a a fake documentary that is both really good at explaining the history of the world in five episodes. Uh, Well, I say really good, like doing a sufficient job at explaining world history in five episodes while also being rather funny and having these amazing interviews <laughs> where she's she's interviewing like real professors and and stuff like that and just having the like the <laughs> to, to explain the type of humor this this goes for there's a moment where she's like i can't remember if it's like romans or whatever she's like all right i'm gonna ask you romans you tell me if what i said they invented it or they mastered it and then she like gives this person she's like in, uh, language or something in the guy will be like mastered it or vented it's like you know like uh, sports mastered invented it and then she's like anal bleaching and the, 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 the dude just like 
looks obviously behind to like the producers of the show and he's like um <laughs> like this uh, that's the 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 sort of um you know just like her completely mispronouncing things and there's another scene where they she's talking to someone about this the space trip and finds out a dog died in space and then she starts like actually crying and getting really upset and then the guy and then she's like well i think we need to have a moment of silence now because i didn't know this fucking dog that's up in space dead <laughs> it just it's yeah, it's definitely my type of um, humor. I don't know if it falls maybe a bit too much on the the cringe side for Ash, but I, I had a lot of fun watching it. I, I quite enjoyed it. All right, that's everything. Let's you know, watch this trailer. Let's move into a little bit of film news. And really, there's one story that dominated headlines, and that's James Gunn finally revealing what they're doing over DC. Uh, so uh, he promised that at the end of January they would be revealing everything that's on their slate currently. Uh, and they did on the very last day of the, of January. Uh, they announced the first chapter in this new DCU will be called Gods and Monsters, announcing 10 different projects. Um, also clarifying current movies that are on their slate, uh, confirming that The Flash will be coming out this year uh, and will be kind of the setting off point for the flashpoint, some would say, uh, to this new DCU. Uh, Aquaman is coming out still. Blue Beetle is still coming out. Shazam, of course, has been in its own corner for a while and is coming out later this year. Um, they also kind of confirmed that they're open to the idea of Ezra Miller returning as the Flash if it does work. Uh, I suspect that's more reliant on how the numbers for the Flash do and uh, what the reception is to film over the next couple of years. Uh, also, just not shot shooting the star of their movie down before that movie actually comes out but that's the thing uh they also confirmed that they'll be putting the elseworld branding on anything that is not part of their main dcu uh so the batman part two which has got a release date in 2025 i think off the top of my head uh get set to release in cinemas october 2025 uh as well as uh joker fodi fuller do you or whatever it's called. I'm excited to learn how to pronounce that. Joker 2. Joker 2. Uh, and Teen Titans Go! <laughs> will all be Elseworlds Tales. Uh, the uh, Still in production, or pre-production, J.J. Abrams' Tanasi Coates Superman movie will also be an Elseworlds story. And I suspect we'll get more Elseworlds stuff in the future. They also confirmed that the Penguin TV series is still in the works. So, that's promising. Uh, but yeah. A bunch of new projects. So let's just run through them. Uh, on the movie front, the big one, uh, the only one with the release date, uh, July 11th, 2025, we'll be getting Superman Legacy, which will mark the start of the DCU, as Seth put it. Uh, but it will not be an origin story of the proverbial Man of Steel. It focuses on Superman balancing his Kryptonian heritage with his human upbringing in the embodiment of truth, justice, and the American way. His kindness in a world that thinks of kindness as old-fashioned. Gunn is writing the project. Uh, Saffron said he hopes Gunn can be persuaded perhaps to direct it. Uh, Gunn said, Superman is for everyone. That's a four-quadrant film that should speak to everyone in the world. Dylan, are you excited for Superman Legacy? Yeah, sure. I um, My feelings on the whole James Gunn slate of stuff is cool. Um, I'll care when there's 
stuff to care about. Like it's just a bunch of titles <laughs> and things. The only thing I, I felt like was exciting was just the the most no brainer Elseworld branding thing, which is something that obviously you know like in comics they've got the black label and all these sorts of things to separate what is part of the the main run like these comics are all connected these ones are their own standalone stories how it's taken this long to just simply brand that in movies it's not that hard to understand i have no idea why it's been that hard to to get <laughs> like to reach this point it's fucking dumbass um but the yeah the rest of it cool I'll, I'll i'm keen to see what james gunn does with the dc universe but yeah i'm i'm very much also just like I, like i've i've nothing like i i like james gunn but I have nothing to be excited about. I still have nothing to be excited about. Um, I don't know why we needed this slate, to be honest, other than just trying to appease the DC fanboys or whatever. I, I didn't need it. We don't need to know this. Like, I, 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 in, I don't know why it needed to be an event, a video. I don't really, I don't, yeah. I was like, whatever. No, I think it's like James Gunn's push to like be very open and honest with the audience. And like, obviously that's, an element of trying to build goodwill on a company that's kind of been, as he said, fucking up the storytelling for the last 10 years. Um, yeah, I feel like it's fine to, like, release, li- list it, but, like, I don't know. It's just, like, a, it's just, like, a non-event. Like, cool. But, well, cool. this the actual reveal of Slate is probably a non-event, but also them reveal, talking about the, the people who are behind the scenes, writers like Drew Goddard, Jeremy Slater, Christina Hobson, Crystal... Henry and Tom King what being part of like the architects or whatever of what they're oh. doing in the DC universe. They're a drop on the E from what I understand. Um, I think it's exciting for fans that you're obviously building up good press and like uh, also reaffirming that the films that are coming out this year matter potentially. <laughs> they're not completely ruling them out as I think they have not completely confirmed that Aquaman is not returning and that kind of stuff. Um, I don't think they confirmed that uh, Jess Momoa is playing Lobo. There's like a bunch of um, oh. stuff they kind of shot down. They even, he, James Gunn even said he didn't fire Henry Cavill. He never offered him a job in the first place. So uh, a bunch of... Henry, it, Ca- Henry Cavill got fucked. <laughs> I mean, he got fucked. He didn't get fired. He got fired. Uh, Someone <laughs> gave him a handshake deal in a bathroom somewhere and... Um, that was from DC and he, yeah. uh, it was not part of James Gunn's play. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so other movie projects, uh, the authority, which is a Wildstorm uh, series that was created by Jim Lee back in the nineties, uh, that eventually know. got folded into, uh, no, the series was created by Warren Ellis and Brian Hitch. They said in the Wildstorm mm-hmm. universe, which Jim Lee created back in the nineties, uh, it was eventually like bought out and then, incorporated back into the dc universe when the new 52 initiative happens uh so it's a bunch of you know a a big superhero team which is i guess interesting considering we're not going to get a justice league movie anytime soon probably uh they're also doing the brave and the bold which is said to be a batman and robin film uh centered around uh damian wayne the son of batman uh so we will be getting another batman actor who isn't robin patterson uh so that's interesting um as well as it they also want to integrate the whole bat family so it'd be interesting to see what other characters we see show up from there uh supergirl world woman of tomorrow so this is a film based on tom king's uh 21 22 comic run on this comic book series of the same name following uh supergirl adventures across the universe but she's kind of uh 
very different to the Supergirl that we've kind of known, uh, probably from the TV series and stuff, got a bit more of a hard edge and, uh, you know, this is a Supergirl who's lived on uh, the remnants of Krypton for several years before coming to Earth and that kind of stuff. Really interesting, obviously, Com King, the current DC golden boy. Uh, so, you know, it makes sense that he would be involved and they're kind of pushing this. Um, Swamp Thing is getting a movie adaptation. Uh, crazy, because it's only been, I want to say, less than five years since the TV series that got cancelled after one year, which was well-received and people liked uh, apparently, James Mangold is uh, rumored to good. be is attached. Uh, you know, he tweeted out a picture of Swamp Thing, so that would be cool. Uh, on the TV front, we're getting the animated series called Creatures Commandos, which follows on a bunch of monsters fighting in the, you know, maybe in the past. We don't know. It stars Rick Flag Senior, who's Rick Flag's dad. Uh, so that's the thing. We're also getting a Waller TV show. Uh, which will star Viola Davis, which is a smart move, keeping one of the best actresses in the world on your slate. Um, so this is going to be set between season one and season two of Peacemaker, uh, and will involve like the Peacemaker team probably uh, doing you know Task Force X stuff. Uh, we're also getting Lanterns, which is the Green Lantern TV series that they've been trying to make forever. It's being remodeled and remade again. I guess like. They're changing a lot of elements. It's going to be focused on Hal Jordan and uh, John Stewart uh, solving some kind of mystery. They said it influences True Detective, which is interesting. Uh, it'd be interesting to see if uh, all the people who have been cast to get uncasted for <laughs> that series. Um, also, they're going to be doing Paradise Lost, which is going to be a Game of Thrones-ish story set on the island of Themyscira before the birth of Diana aka Wonder Woman uh, that could be quite an interesting idea I guess <laughs> uh, interesting you know obviously Wonder Woman is not on the slate at all uh, but you know this it, it sounds like it could be a cool idea uh, Gal is gone yeah uh, and then Booster Golds one of my oh, yeah. like characters I have an attachment to uh, who is a man from the future who comes to the past uh, using future technology to become a superhero. Uh, with, uh, Gunn describes him as basically Booster Gold is, is imposter syndrome as a superhero. Uh, so that will also be a TV series. So, yeah. It's a fucking doctor. It's like Doctor Who, but superhero. He steals a TARDIS and travels in time and pretends to be a hero. And accidentally becomes one, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, so <laughs> yeah I mean... I think this is a in bunch of interesting stuff, and obviously it feels very James Gunn, <laughs> especially like Critch Commandos was the first thing he brought up. Is like, what the fuck? This this kind of makes sense. Um, yeah, I'm I'm keen. I'm excited. You know, it's built up hype. You get hope. It's it's about building hope, Dylan. That's what that's what it's about. You know, let's have some. Hope. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not unhopeful. I'm just. I'm just not excited either. I'm completely neutral. Yep. Uh, they also said their plans are to release two movies and two TV series every year. So we'll see how they stick to that. <laughs> uh, yeah. And they also hope to have people who appear in animation also appear in live action with the same actor, which seems like an interesting choice. Um, I follow this. Yeah, do it. Star Wars. Saul Guerrero. Done. 
Yeah, okay. Uh, so, Katano, so not so much. <laughs> yeah. All right. Uh, yeah. So, look forward to finding out more DC news in the next several years. <laughs> uh, Netflix announced their big new password sharing protocol, uh, which would involve you connecting to your main Wi-Fi every 31 days to confirm that you're part of the uh, household or whatever. That was quickly pulled down and said it was still in beta testing in certain uh, South American countries at the moment. Uh, but there was a massive furor around it, and lots of jokes and memes about it. Uh, Dylan, do you think Netflix is actually going to put go follow through with yes. this password thing? Yes. They didn't say it wasn't a thing. They just said it's in beta testing. Like, they're just rolling it out in certain countries first. Oh, yeah. Yes, they're going to go through with it. They've been talking think- about it for so long. They're going to go for a bit. Do you think it's actually going to be successful there? Uh, all the yeah. signs point to, hey, as soon as you do this, we're all going to pirate stuff. No, it'll be successful. I'm saying it now. Okay. I, I, I reckon there is a, the vocal, min, the vocal minority of, I'm going to pirate stuff if you do this, doesn't compare to the people we don't see on Twitter who are, are, are happy to probably just subscribe if, like the convenience they're like ah, oh, fuck it i'll subscribe then i mean Whatever. also tied into this news this past couple of weeks uh was a story that like the number of people who have s- subscribed to the ad supported uh tier has like doubled in the past oh. quarter or whatever um so you know it wouldn't surprise me if like it 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 does they don't take this massive hit that people expect they'll take if they i don't think they're gonna take it. a massive hit no and I don't think it's that that's too much of an ask, you know? To pay for stuff? Well, yeah, that and also, you know, you have to connect to a Wi Fi like every thirty one days or whatever, if that's what they're planning to do. Uh yeah. I mean the only thing would be what happens if you you have to change your modem or something. Like Well it just goes off your IP address, so I mean, what if you move house? Do you have to let them know you moved house? Yeah, you would just update your profile. What if you're a? Uh, what if you don't have a home IP? You know, what if you? Um, what if? What if you're a, a vagrant who has <laughs> a hitchhiker I'd who like has to, Netflix? I'd like to take this moment to let you know that I'm not a spokesperson for Netflix. Okay, well, hopefully we'll find someone who can answer all these questions sometime, sometime down the line. Uh, the other news story quickly bring up. Andrea Riseborough has been cleared of all potential charges in her quest to become Best Actress. Uh, the Academy ran an inquest into uh, her campaign to become be nominated uh, and found that, you know, uh, what Academy CEO said that after a review of the two Leslie's campaign tactics were called in question, the Academy has determined the activity in question does, does not rise to the level that the film's nomination should be rescinded. However, we did discover social media and outreach campaigning tactics that cause concern. These t- t- tactics are being addressed with the responsible parties directly. Uh, so yeah, it seems like we won't see this again. <laughs> this whole thing's been dumb. I know, like, they're like, the, the whole, ca- it's always, campaigns are always built around people with the most money to push their, their movies or actors or whatever. And now suddenly they're like, this is the obvious, we better investigate this. I'm like, I oh, don't no, I mean, the thing is they decided to do it at the last minute, you know, 
it's it's a timing thing <laughs> and like obviously there's a social media element of as well of like getting all her friends to oh no no no, no. i think it it's i i don't think there's anything wrong with it necessarily it's because of the timing of like this is we have this massive oscar campaign season uh where a bunch of like award shows happen or whatever uh and this movie that nobody has heard about suddenly gets this massive push by a bunch of holly- powerful Hollywood people at the very last minute to get her a nomination. Um, it just looks bad, I guess. If if you really believe that this was an important film, why weren't you pushing it, like, two months earlier? Why weren't you trying to compete for all these other award shows or whatever? Uh, I hate the player, not keep- the game, you know what I mean? Yeah, I guess. Uh <laughs> But I don't think she's going to win anyway. So, <laughs> I mean, it's, no, it's, no, I don't it's think definitely gonna just going to be one of those history book things. But uh, obviously, it's a big win for the company behind the movie because now I'm sure a bunch of people are watching it because she got nominated. Uh, I know it's getting a, an actual film release here in Australia. So, I mean, it's a big win for them. So, uh, let's move on to giving some thumbs to trailers. Uh, first trailer for this week, Big George Foreman, The Miraculous Story of the Once and Future Heavyweight Champion of the World, uh, directed by George Tillman Jr., starring Chris Davis, Jasmine Matthews, John Margaro, Sullivan Jones, Lawrence Gillard Jr., Sonia Son, and Forrest Whitaker, follows the remarkable life and times of Foreman, from Olympic gold medalist to world heavyweight champion from the Rumble in the Jungle with Muhammad Ali and Zaria, finding his faith, retiring and becoming a preacher. When financial hardship hits his family in church, he steps back to the ring and regains the championship at age 45, becoming the oldest heavyweight champion in boxing history. Dylan, what did you think of Trailer 4, Big George Foreman? Um, I'm going one up, one down. I feel like George Foreman's an interesting dude, Like, because I remember my dad telling me about him when I was a kid. Uh, he was like, from the angle of literally that thing we own called a George Foreman that's made by a dude who used to be a boxer. And when he told me when I was like 10, I was like, what? <laughs> I was like, that's crazy. And I still wonder now how many people don't even realize that George Foreman's like, the dude used to be like a boxer. Yep. Um, but the trailer just very like paint by numbers, nearly gives away the whole movie. Um, yeah, I'll go one up, one down. Yeah, I'll go one up, one down as well. I think, you know, uh, as someone who, like, off the top of their head, don't know his story, uh, I was like, "Oh shit, is it? Go- is this a Christianity movie?" <laughs> he suddenly jumps into preaching, and it's like, "Oh, is that what you know?" He turned over a new leaf, and it's just the rest of the movie is going to be about God and stuff. Uh, but obviously, it goes a completely different way. I-, I feel like it's important to show a fair portion of the movie and the sto- like, give an overall arch of the. Uh, for people who do know the story, you get an idea of where how much of his life it's going to cover and that kind of stuff uh but yeah solid i did enjoy that they made the reference to the grill at the very end of the trailer you know that yeah that's a fun bit uh so yeah this is coming to cinemas in australia the 25th of may 2023 next trailer is called 88 unrelated to 85 uh directed by eremos uh starring Brandon Victor Dixon, Natari Norton, Orlando Jones, Thomas Sadowski, William Fletcher, and Amy Sloan. Femi Jackson is the financial director for a super PAC that backs a front-runner presidential campaign. After discovering unusual patterns in donation, he enlists the help of an investment blogger to dig a little deeper. Though they follow the campaign 
money trail back to its nefarious origins in a race against time to uncover the truth before the primaries. Dylan, what do you think of this trailer for 88? Um, I'm going to double thumbs up. I have no idea if there's like a based on a book or <laughs> some wild thing happening here, but the the trailer itself, I was like, okay, like we're, we're going. This is a this is a wild turn of events we got here. We got we got to uncover the secret donations. They're from Nazis. Why would they do that? Dude's black. I don't know what like that doesn't make sense. This Nazis, the, the dude Nazis, like we well, wouldn't donate to a black potential president. I'm like you probably wouldn't. So what's going on here? Um, yeah, I'm intrigued. I'll go double thumbs up. Yeah, I'm double thumbs up as well. I think this is a really interesting trailer as, you know, it's a film that I knew absolutely nothing about. Uh, apparently it debuted at Venice? No. Some smaller film festival last year. Uh, it's finally getting a release in America. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it looks interesting. An interesting thriller, very different take and probably, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if this is something that possibly happens. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. It's interesting to see Orlando Jones as like a potential presidential campaign uh, nominee. So yeah, uh, yeah. So this is releasing in America on February seventeenth. Uh, no confirmed Australian release date. Next trailer: The Boogeyman, directed by Rob Savage, direct uh, starring Madison Hugh, Vivian Lyra Blair, uh, Sophie Thatcher, David Dashman, uh, Chris Messina, and Janie Verdon. Still reeling from the tragic death of their mother, a teenage girl and her little sister find themselves plagued by a sadistic presence in their house and struggle to get their grieving father to pay attention before it's too late. Uh, Dylan, what do you think of trailer for The Boogeyman? Based on the Stephen King novel. Not on yeah, the WWE <clears throat> character. Yeah, that's a good, good point. Yeah. Um, I've never I've never actually watched, like everyone knows the story of The Boogeyman. Um, I watched the 2005 film, I think. The, or the mid two thousands one, um, that was shit. So, but I've never read the book. Um, I'm keen for this one. Trailer was good. I'm going double thumbs up. It doesn't seem like super, super outside the norm of the genre or anything. But like I don't know between, um, between Rob Savage, who I liked his um, uh, host movie. Like host. I didn't, didn't like Dashcam, but like that's fifty fifty. Um, I like Chris Messina, whatever his name is, yep. and then Sophie Thatcher, of course. So I'm going, yeah, I'm going double thumbs up. I'm, I'm keen for this. I'm going one up, one down. I think uh, it's, it sets itself well, well with like setting up this, with obviously a long clip of uh, the young girl, like dealing with Check this creature the, in a room. I think that's all. Never look under the bed. Yeah. It's a, the little light thing, rolling it under. That's, that's cool visually, but the rest of the trailer, it's like, oh, okay. I don't know what's happening here. Uh, I'm sure people who read the books would be interested in like that kind of stuff, but uh, or or enjoy horror movies. But as someone who does not, yeah, I was like, <laughs> you know, uh, yeah. So this is coming to Australian cinemas on the first of June, 2023. Next trailer, Murder Mystery Two, directed by Jeremy Garlick. Uh, starring Adam Sandler, Jennifer Aniston, Mark Strong, Melanie Laurent, Jodie Turner-Smith, and Adil Akhtar. After solving their first mystery, Nick and Audrey Spitz have quit their jobs as a cop and hairdresser, respectively, to become full-time private detectives, but are having difficulty getting the upstart agency on the map. When they're invited to the private island wedding of their friend and the Maharaja, they are given the chance to prove themselves when it is unexpectedly kidnapped. 
Dylan, what do you think of Murder Mystery 2 trailer? Uh, double thumbs down. Much like uh, my thoughts on watching the first trailer for the movie, I never watched that one either. Um, the chemistry between Adam Sandler and Jennifer Anson looks good, but everything else looks absolutely terrible. No, this is one up, one down for me, and it's probably going to be like a late night watch. I'd never watch the first movie, but maybe I do, you know? Adam Sandler, just being abs, you know? It's a dumb mystery. They're going to France. The guy, he gets he comes out of the truck, he looks so cool while it's on fire, and then he gets hit by a garbage truck. Funny. <laughs> uh, you know? I don't think it looks terrible. I think, you know, obviously it looks like they've put some money behind this. So it must have been a reasonable success when the first movie came back in 2019. So, uh, yeah, I'm, I might check this out. Uh, so this is releasing on Netflix on the 31st of March. Last trailer for this week. Guy Ritchie's The Covenant, directed by, surprise, surprise, Guy Ritchie, uh, starring Jake Gyllenhaal, Darcelin, Alexander Ludwig, Anthony Starr, Jason Wong, Johnny Lee Miller, and Emily Beecham. During the war in Afghanistan, a local interpreter risks his life to carry an injured sergeant across miles of grueling terrain. Tell me, what did you think of The Covenant? Um, you know, I'll go one up, one down. The trailer's a bit all over the place, but the general, like, story from what I could gather, I'm, in, I'm intrigued by. It doesn't seem to be going for a, a full, like, America hoorah vibe. It seems to be dude goes back in to save a um, Iraqi soldier that saved his life. That's what I gathered, I guess, is the plot, right? Um, and then, like, sort of going from there. So, yeah, I'll go one up, one down. Yeah, I'm one up, one down as well. I think it's interesting. This is so tonally different to what Guy Ritchie has been doing recently. Well, uh, he, he does one for the Ritchie fans and then one for something else, I feel. Like, he'll do a gentleman. And then he'll do the the Jason Statham super serious one, and then he'll do uh, Operation Fortune, and now he's doing this, and then you know. <laughs> but you think he's done? He did Aladdin, Gentleman, Operation Fortune, then this. It's so weird. No, but, uh, but I mean, uh, Wrath of Man was amongst all that. It's the Wrath last of Man, I guess. Yeah, uh, yeah. I love you know. At least he's working. Just he's pumping him out. Uh, yeah, I mean, Jake Gyllenhaal looks good. The uh, Dar Slim looks good. Yeah, Whenever I think fun. of J- uh, Gyllenhaal in the movie, like, obviously he did Jarhead, which was this, like, war movie. Uh, full anti... It was an anti, like, war movie. And they made a bunch of sequels to it, which were, like, completely missed the point of the original. But, um, so, yeah, it's interesting, because I don't think I've seen Jake Gyllenhaal do another, or ever do another war movie. So. Yeah. It, this kind of feels like a bunch of movies that we've seen of, like, we're going to extract a person out of the war zone. Uh, but he just happens to be somebody, a Muslim person who saved him against yeah. the Taliban. Uh, it was cool to see, like, Alexander Lud- Ludwig and Anthony Starr pop up, yeah. I guess. Uh, so this is releasing in the US on the 21st of April. There is currently no Australian confirmed date. Uh, let's do this week's top three. Definitely in the top three. Uh, the Sundance Film Festival has closed, uh, done its full run. A bunch of different movies uh, were shown, talked about. Uh, some have been bought, some have not been bought. Uh, but, you know, obviously Sundance, the biggest film festival arguably in the world, or like one of the big ones that we see a bunch of movies kind of come out from and talk about for the rest of the year. Uh, this week's top three is Tom- top three Sundance films we're excited to watch. 
Uh, so yeah, Dylan, what's your number three? My number three is Magazine Dreams, the one that everyone's been talking about where Jonathan Majors uh, is playing a bodybuilder and I don't really know anything else other than that. Apparently, it's good. He's big. <laughs> but the talk coming out of it had me excited. All right. My number three is Shortcoming. So this is a comedy film directed by Randall Park based on a comic uh, starring Justin H. Min. Uh, you know, just a bunch of friends, like, dealing with relationships and dumb stuff in, like, I want to say San Francisco. Uh, Justin H. Min plays, like, a, a movie theater manager. Looks like a fun time. I like Randall Park. I'm excited to see what he does. <laughs> Dylan, what's your number two? My number two is Flora and Son, the new John Carney film, his first film since Sing Street, um, starring Joseph Gordon-Levitt and Eve Hewson. Um, I don't really know anything other than it's about it's going to be some sad story about a dude. It's like one's a mom, one's a son. They're playing music, and that's directed by John Carney. I mean, Flora and Son is my number one. <laughs> so, <laughs> like you said, starring Joseph Gordon-Levitt uh, and Eve Houston. Uh, description is Flora, a single mother who argues with her son Max in an attempt to find him a hobby, retrieves a guitar from a dumpster and discovers that one person's rubble can be family salvation. Uh, pretty much her learning the guitar from Joseph Gordon-Lovett, who's like a failed musician. Uh, I'm sure, you know, basic John Carney, fun, you know, heartfelt moments are sure to come. So, yeah, I'm, I'm pretty excited for that. That is kind of, That was bought by Apple, so it'll be coming to Apple TV sometime this year. Dylan, what's your number one? My number one is the Brandon Cronenberg film Infinity Pool that uh, has got a lot of buzz coming out of the screen, of course. Um, Alexander Skarsgård and Mia Goff uh, uh, lead. It's apparently really fucked up. Basically explores the excessive of riches and such things. But um, there's one clip online that I've just seen with Mia Goff just like streaming like, what's the matter? <laughs> it's had me laugh. But apparently it's a messed up movie. But yeah, the trailer's really good. Um, and I'm keen to watch it. All right. Uh, and to round out our top threes, my number two was Theatre Camps. This is a film uh, written by Molly Gordon, Ben Platt, and two more of their friends that I can't remember off the top of my head. Uh, and it is a mockumentary about uh, a group of workers at a theatre camp who are trying to save their the camp from ru- financial ruin. But the o- founder of the, the camp falls into a coma right before you know the events of the camp. Uh, apparently very well received at Sundance, got a huge round of standing ovation, uh, got a great looking cast. Um, yeah, it's definitely one I want to watch later this year, picked up by Searchlight, so probably will be getting a release either on Disney Plus or probably in theatres. So yeah, that's exciting. Lots of good films there. Uh, and even more films that we didn't get to mention. Like there's a lot of good stuff that came out of Sundance this year that we'll be seeing throughout the year. Uh, but Dylan, those films are so far away. I need to know this week, what do you want to watch? This week, what I want to watch is The Whale. Whether or not I'll be able to is a completely different <laughs> question. But in a dream world from the movies releasing this week, I know there's a new segment. You posted Enchanty. I assume that this, because now this releases on Wednesdays. It's like, what are we looking forward to watching on Thursdays? That would make more sense, right? You know, is it, or releasing you know, Friday. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Sure. well, any, yeah. anything that's out in the next... Yeah, this week, not next week. So, yeah, The Whale would be my pick of things I would like to watch this week. All right. This week, I want to watch... Uh, 
Kugi Asama, Love is War, The First Kiss That Never Ends. This is the film set after the anime that I talked about last episode, uh, releasing cinemas, you know, a dumb romantic comedy. Well, not dumb. A fun romantic comedy about two kids, uh, high school students who want the other one to confess their love for them uh, before they'll start dating. Yeah, it's set at Christmas. It's a weird time to release it, but yeah. Again, I'm also hopeful that I'll be able to see this in cinemas sometime this week, mm. but it, the mm. scheduling is not working at the moment, so yeah. We'll see. All right, let us know what you want to watch this week, uh, what's on your top three uh, Sundance films you're excited for, or anything else that we talked about on this week's episode of What Do You Want to Watch, uh, by letting us know on Twitter, by going to explosion.com slash Twitter, or jump to our Discord at explosion.com slash Discord. If you want to help us out here at What Do You Want to Watch, leave us a review on Apple Podcasts, Podchaser, uh, leave us five stars, and we can leave five stars. Tell people about the show or head over to explosion.com, check out all our news, reviews, and podcasts. And if you enjoyed this episode, thought it was worth a dollar, head on over to our Kofi page at explosion.com slash support. Thank you very much for listening. Until next time, keep watching stuff, I guess.